Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome to another edition of the 20% Podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. Today's guest is Penny Conway, who's the Microsoft Alliance Manager at Connection. Penny happens to be my coworker at Connection, and I also co-host Connection Tech Experience Podcast with her as well. In this episode, we started off with Penny's story of being a high school janitor to pay the tuition, as well as dove into pushing through tough times, taking advantage of every opportunity you can, and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Penny Conway. Penny, welcome to the 20% Podcast. Thanks, Tyler. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Just to for the listeners to know, Penny is also the co-host of the Tech Experience Podcast with me. It's part of our uh, our day-to-day job where we work at Connection. Um, so I uh, got to know her um, with that experience. So it's been so fun to be able to interview other people. Now it's now you're in the interview seat. I know I'm yeah. in the hot seat and I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm also really excited now. So this is, this is going to be fun. So one little fact that I didn't know about Penny is that she had a very interesting childhood growing up and, and overcame some adversity, some tough times. Penny, can you give people a little insight into some of the areas that you had to overcome and, and what some of your journey has been to, to where you are today? Yeah, totally. So um, I'll start with the day I was born. No. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Come out. Start in high school, maybe. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my so from an education perspective, I was actually homeschooled uh, for my entire elementary, middle school life. Um, so and that means different things to different people. Um, I'll, you know, without being too disparaging, I'll say it wasn't the best quality education. Um, but I grew up in a really religious household that didn't necessarily believe in public school, um, but didn't necessarily have the finances to go private school because I had uh, two brothers and another all the way up through eighth grade. And then um, there was a small uh, private Christian school uh, in our area that some other folks uh, that we knew uh, sent their kids to. So I started attending that school. Um, Very, very small school. My graduating class was, I was one of four. um, So that tells you, and I think there was nine of us in ninth grade. Um, So the drop rate was pretty high when you think about it. Um, But what was really interesting about this experience is uh, I was one year in. Uh, to that private school education in high school. And uh, my my parents kind of hit a financial rough patch and couldn't uh, afford to keep me in school. Uh, so I actually started working at the school as uh, the janitor and did that for really from the start of my sophomore year all the way through my senior year. Uh, well, I also went to school and had another part-time job on the side to basically pay for all of the things that high school students like to do. Wow. Uh, so so that's my pre-college experience. <laughs> wow. So there's, uh, let's just take a step back here. So you were the janitor of the school. I guess there's a couple of questions of, you know, did people see you as, oh, Penny's the janitor or did people respect you? What did that look uh, like? So, you know what, it varied uh, naturally in high school. Um, you know, I won't necessarily say that I was bullied, but uh, there's definitely, uh, there was a large opportunity for people to have their own commentary and opinions. Um, but I mean, one of the nice things was, is that it was a Christian school. So the general, you know, theme was be nice, be kind. Um, everyone has a different situation, but it was weird for me, um, you know, walking around school during the day going, I'm gonna have to clean that up later. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do this later. And then sort of, um, you know, as a teenager having that feeling of, I don't know, less than, um, 
with your classmates at the end of the day, like you're vacuuming, you're cleaning up after them. Um, but certainly character building, uh, extremely humbling. Um, but it also kind of set the tone for uh, the early part of my career. I mean, I've always been an insanely hard worker, clearly doing whatever it takes to get it done. I always made light of the situation that I was in. Um, and overall was just kind of proud of my work ethic, even though there might've been some, you know, challenges with friends and perception uh, as part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that that's probably, you know, there's, there's so much to really, you know, to, to jump into there, but the character side of things, I mean, I can't, can't even imagine I mean, obviously you're using that today. Is there any other lessons that you learned from that role or your high school experience that you're utilizing today? Maybe realizing, you know, oh man, this, this is really terrible right now in the moment, but now it was kind of a blessing that you went through that. Is there any experiences that even if it's not just high school, even across your career so far? Yeah. Yeah. You know, early on, uh, and something you and I were chatting about before early on, you know, I, I started a full-time job at 17, uh, that, you know, clearly me doing the work, me being open to working, open to finding opportunities to fund the things that I needed to do, um, and where I wanted to go. Um, I, it, it helps sort of reinforce that you just got to do what you got to do to get things done. But at the same time, while that's super duper positive, uh, there's this other aspect of it is that I have to, you know, take what's given to me, um, where I need to pay bills. I need to, you know, I didn't have a family to feed at that point, but, um, I needed to always have a job. I needed a place to live. I needed to buy the things that I needed to do. I didn't necessarily have the luxury of, going off for a four-year full-time college experience, you know, riding on loans or, you know, having my parents help pay for that. Um, so one of the sort of challenges that came from that is probably through most of my 20s, I kind of always took what came to me. Like I needed to find another job that made more money. So I would take the first job um, that I was offered that made more money. Um, and never really took a clear sort of career path to say, here's what my goal is and here's where I want to be and here are the steps that I need to take. Um, but it definitely created resilience. Like I am resilient beyond resil <laughs> resilient. Right. Um, I can take anything that comes at me, but it definitely the learning lesson was I got to a certain point where I had to realize what do I want to do and how do I get there? Um, which might be a harder path than taking what was given to me all the time. Right. And where did that, you know, when did you finally decide that? And also, do you have any advice for those people? I mean, there's so many people, whether they're in high school right now or college who are listening or even in a career that they may, may not like, what kind of advice do you have on maybe not knowing your path, but just staying true to your, to, to what you're doing? Like, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I, you know, I, so I ended up making like a course correction, uh, you know, early on, earlier in my 20s, I'd say I was probably 24. Um, I found myself in a job that I can't even tell you. I, I mean, I know how I got there, but I was like sitting at my desk one day and I was doing like major financial reconciliations for a fiber network company um, that it was acquiring people like National Grid and doing all these acquisitions and I'm running parallel billing systems and I'm dealing with like millions of dollars. And I like woke up one morning and I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, I don't know how I went from being a high school janitor to 
doing billing reconciliations and doing accounts receivable. And I, you know, it, it sounds easier than, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it sounds easier than it is to actually do, but I honestly woke up one day and said, I've got to change everything. Like I've got to change my relationships. I've got to change what I'm doing for work. I've got to change my education. You know, I got like a, an associate's degree in business, um, earlier on. Um, but I was like that, I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. So my, my advice for people who are in a career that they don't like, or they're sort of in school and they don't know what they want to do is you just have to do something. Like you always have to just take a single step and do something. And I honestly blew up my entire life. I, I lived in Massachusetts. I left Massachusetts. I left my job. I left my boyfriend. I moved to New Hampshire. I went back to school. Um, I have a wonderful sister that allowed me to really do that and enable me to, to be able to live with her and do those things. Um, but I had to realize where I wanted to take my career, which was marketing. Um, and truth be told, Tyler, like marketing was my thing back in high school. Like when I was thinking about this dream of going to college, I actually remember it sounds really funny, but I remember getting a press kit for herbal essence shampoo mm -hmm. and it looked so beautiful. And there were so many things in it. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to create things, but my, I didn't follow my gut. I just said, I need to make money. I need to support myself. So I got to do the things I don't want to do. Um, but doing those things puts you in a place where you're like, I have just wasted years of my life instead of just choosing the thing I wanted to do. Wow. I can't even imagine how you felt at that point where like that day where you're like, you know what, uh, what am I doing? But just, just trying to grit through it and push through and, and really just take a step back, I guess. Did you take a step back and realize like, okay, what are my passions? What do I want to do? And then propel yourself closer to that? You know, I think I always knew what I, what I wanted to do, but it was so like hidden under all of these layers of what I had to, what I felt like I had to do. Um, and so, I, and one of the things I really remember is that when I had taken a new job, like the offer to go to school was there. And that was one of my goals is like, I want to go back to school. I want to finish my bachelor's degree. Like, even though some people say it's just a piece of paper. And even I say that sometimes too, mm -hmm. um, it was important to me to at least finish it. Cause I felt like it was halfway done, but I started that job and I was so overworked. I was working 60, 70 hours a week and there was no time for school. And I think that that was sort of the breaking moment is that I, I moved into an opportunity thinking it was going to take me to the next step. And it was just like a giant slap in the face that it didn't. And so I had to take control back of, of my own life and then pivot and go in the direction that I knew I should have been in the whole time. Yeah. So th there's a really, really big lesson here, I think. And this is something that I believe in too, um, because like the, with the whole nature of the reason I started the podcast is because I studied exercise physiology, got my bachelor's and my master's, and then I went into technology sales, you know, and I, I love it. However, that wasn't my exact path, but I'm not hating on my experience in my college years because um, no matter, I truly believe that no matter what experience that you have, you're ultimately going to, you know, you need those experiences to uncover truly what you want to do with right. your life. Right. So if you didn't go through all of that stuff, maybe you would still be pushing those, the cable lines, I think you said, or, yes. or whatever, whatever the case was. But um, going through these tough times is exactly what makes you better, I believe. Now that kind of leads pretty nicely um, into, you know, besides what, what you already mentioned with some of those tough times, we're going through really tough times right now. 
uh, for some context, we're in the, the middle of, of January in 2021. So uh, COVID is unfortunately still, you know, it's actually at its worst now. I can't even say that we're still in the middle of it. Um, what what did some of these tough times in your past teach you about where you are now and, and how you're going to continue to go through the tough times moving forward? You know, one of the greatest lessons uh, that's that I have been taught, and I had a great mentor early in that first job I took when I was 17, I had a great mentor. And he always said, um, there was a point in time that I, I was working for him and I, I didn't totally love what I was doing. And I was thinking about going, finding something else again, that I've always had like this hunger to go and do something else and never really did, um, up until she doesn't have that anymore, by the way, she loves what she's doing now. I do, <laughs> I do love what I'm doing now. And that, that, that's where, that's where I'm getting to is he always said, find something that you like or that you love about your job that you can sort of, even if it's not in your job description, but you can sort of move in a direction or start something that you can sort of tie back to what you're supposed to be doing for work or for the greater good of the company you work for and lean into that. Um, it doesn't, you know, overnight, it's not going to become your job if, you know, it, it, it could. Um, but the more you sort of branch out of your comfort zone of here's this sort of box I'm supposed to fit in as an employee. Um, and you think of, all right, how can I think outside of that box and find something that will create value, have meaning to those around me, whether it be your coworkers or your customers or whatever it might be. Um, you find if you keep that motion going from year to year, uh, it grows and you become known for different things and your skill set grows. And so like, and from a COVID, you know, a look at COVID and a look at, you know, 2020 and 2021, I more than ever leaned into that is what are the things that I'm good at that now are super relevant in COVID and podcasting happened to be one of them being in front of a camera happened to be one of them. Um, and having a presence not in person was one of them. And that's, you know, I was really fortunate that, I mean, in a way that <laughs> you might have to cut this <laughs> when I say I'm really fortunate COVID happened. No, no, no. Um, oh, this is perfect. Keep going with this. But it, because it there's, there's so much silver lining is what you're getting into. Yeah. Like putting yeah. aside all of the terrible, what's happening to people, we're trying to take the good out of it. So what's the good from COVID? The good from COVID is that it put a spotlight on those side projects I was doing that were now super relevant in a completely virtual world. And I, I had like motions running and activities running that were already like COVID ready that I didn't have to now go, oh my God, what am I going to do with my career? Um, what am I going to do to reach my customers? What am I going to do to reach, you know, sales professionals that I work with every day? Because those things were already in place because I leaned into little things that I loved over the past five years of my career. Um, and eventually it became my new career. Um, and, and so that's, that really is the silver lining and how you grow as a person is you don't say, okay, here's the rules I'm supposed to abide by. And that's, the end of it. That's the end of my day. It's you have to keep hustling. You have to keep challenging yourself and you have to keep growing. Stepping out of that comfort zone, doing things that you ultimately love. This is something right. that, you know, like this podcast, it was something that I was planning on doing. You know, I, I had the idea in my head, let's do it. Maybe I shouldn't. And then COVID hit and I'm like, all right, I have the equipment. Yeah. Let's do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. But honestly, it's been the, one of the best professional things that I've ever done in my life. 
just with building relationships. So, oh, so totally to get away from myself, but no, it, no, it's awesome. Like I, I see what you're, I see what you've been doing and it, it's same thing. Like you had a, you had an opportunity within, um, our company that, COVID hit and now you had this bigger opportunity. You now had a way to create a platform and you had a lot of the tools that you needed in order to accomplish that. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so crazy how, how it all ultimately comes back to, to where you need to be anyway. So that's, that's really cool. And I'm happy that you're, you're starting to, you know, I know you mentioned you want to start telling your story a little bit more and putting the spotlight on those things. I think more people need to lean into their story. Nobody has right. their own, everybody has their own story. Nobody's the same. Exactly. Lessons that you could learn from anybody about any certain thing that you do. I kind of, I use this analogy a lot and it's probably overused, but like the different experiences are tools in the toolbox, because guess what? In high school, I was doing some video editing and I loved it, but I didn't know what I was going to be able to do with it as a career. I can't go edit videos in Hollywood. I don't want to do that, (laughs) but guess what? We're doing it now. So taking those things that you love through experience, I'm really huge. And this is another mission of the podcast is to, um, get people to, to get more experience, just going out and doing it. That's something that you've done. Do you recommend that people just, you know, whether it's an internship, whether it's shadowing their uncle Joe, who's, who does engineering or or whatever they want to do, whatever their interests are, what's your advice around that? Yeah. You just have to do it like thinking. And it's, it's so simple. It sounds so simple, but it, I'm an overthinker and I'm a creative thinker. And I sometimes like get lost in the creative thought process that I honestly have to stop myself and go, stop thinking about it. Like, and just do it. Like if you want to start a podcast, just record an episode. If you want to, yeah, it's, if you want to learn how to design, you know, do graphic design, just do it. I think the huge advantage that we have right now is the amount of tools available to us that don't require us to be experts in things. Um, Like apps are so stupid simple now that if you want to be a graphic designer, you can start with the most basic, you know, program, create something and then go, all right, I've really mastered this. Now I can maybe learn something else. I think we get so, we overwhelm ourselves with the thought that we don't know enough or that we're not enough in order to get to the place that we want to be, or we've outlined this perfect path to get there. Um, and 99.9% of the time, that path is not at all how we are going to get somewhere because we just, we have tunnel vision of our own lives and you really have to step outside of that and be open to maybe a different pathway. Like for, I'll give you a perfect example. When I started with connection, um, five years ago, I started as the Microsoft education program manager. And I had this dream of being one of the leaders of the Microsoft business and, and, you know, leading it and, and knowing everything about it and being a decision maker and a thought leader. Um, I'm there now. And I have, it's so, it looks so different than I thought it would be. Like, I remember I've taken different roles within the company and I was like, oh, I'm really like deviating from my plan. This isn't the plan that I wanted, but this wasn't going that way. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe that's not my plan. Maybe I need to go in this, this direction. Um, you have to trust the process. And I know that that's such an overused statement. Um, but if you yourself are, are, have such a finite plan, um, you're one, never going to get started and two, that plan very rarely will come to fruition the way right. that you thought it would. Right. And one of the big things that I hear a lot is um, some of the, the mentors that I have are just get 1% better every day, no right. matter what you're doing. If you're taking a step that way, if you take 1% every day, that's still, it's 365% better. 
right? right? If you think about it that way, you could get so much done in a year and that's right. simple, 1% better. Um, so, so that's kind of, that's kind of cool where, where that is. Now you mentioned you wanted to start, you started in the Microsoft and now you're at the position where you want it to be, but there were some extra zigs and zags in there. Um, where I first was exposed to you was the penny for your thoughts. Um, <laughs> this is, and uh, I guess do you want to explain to people what that was and, and uh, you know, yeah, where that came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was one of those, that was a true uh, moment of, I have the thought I just need to take an action. And I had, um, I had moved from my Microsoft role into a role with HP, and I was focused on managed print services, which is not a traditionally, and you know, Tyler, not a traditionally like exciting solution to sell. Um, and, and not an easy one. And I had to create some excitement around it. I had to figure out a way to talk about it that would make people not go, Oh, like that's so boring. I don't want to talk about that. So I was on my way to a sales director's huddle and I had been mulling over this thought of like doing a webcast, but I hadn't convinced myself of it yet. And I'm sitting in the director's huddle and I'm so afraid I'm not going to have anything to say that's valuable. So what comes out of my mouth? I'm starting a webcast next Friday and we're going to call it. Yes, we sell MPS. <laughs> like I just took the step. Like I didn't have the plan yet. I didn't know what I was going to talk about yet for sure. I didn't even know if anybody was going to show up, but I launched it the first February of 2019. I believe. Yeah. 2019 coming up on two years. Um, and I talked about uh, manage print services at nauseum for about six months. Um, and then I said, okay, I have a lot more to talk about. I've got an audience. I've got people that want to learn. I have people that are giving me feedback. At this point, you're up to like what, five, 600 people that are concurrently watching every Friday. Oh, not that many. We were okay. up to like two, 200, 220, uh, usually at the max, but, but even I, so from, from just an idea in that huddle to 220, you know, 220 sets of eyes on, on what you're doing. That's impressive. Right. And then, so I, I, then I was like, okay, I don't want to call it. Yes. We sell MPS anymore because there's so much more to talk about in technology. Um, and that's when penny for your thoughts, uh, sort of came to fruition. Um, and that's been running, um, you know, it's still running. I was working for HP at the time. Now I'm back with Microsoft. It's running with Microsoft, but it was definitely a, um, the podcast that we, that we do, uh, you and I do, and that were definitely shining moments when there was an opportunity to move up in the company. Um, that kind of put a spotlight on me. And I, and I, I, did not think walking into that director's huddle two years ago saying I was starting a silly webcast called Yes, We Sell MPS, that I would be where I am today. And I I kid you not, when I uh, got my promotion and I got the paperwork for my promotion, there's a there's a portion to put um, like uh, intellectual property or your inventions that you brought. And I put Penny for your thoughts because it has now crossed partners. It's two years old. And I was like, I want to be able to use this as my, my brand and my product. Right. Um, but that was like, seems like such a small thing, but it became a big thing and something I'm super duper proud of. I say super duper a lot, don't I? <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it is all good. Um, so that, that, but that's your, that's also your personal brand now. Right. Um, you know, obviously I think you should continue to do, to use that brand, not only just within the connection walls, but you know, on the other socials too, it's a cool name, you know, obviously on your name. But it's something that, you know, there, I have a, a friend named James, James Buckley. Um, he's a big sales guy. It, he's James Say What Sales Buckley because 
that's <laughs> just his personal brand. I love you that. Know? Yeah. So, so he's known as the say what sales guy. So, um, so it's just over time, shout out to James, if he's listening, I'm not sure if you, you'll check this out, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so it's, but bottom line is, you know, it's so important and that's how a lot of people know you as, oh, she does the penny for your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what's your views on personal brand? I mean, I know it goes along with marketing, but how, how have you kind of fully embraced it? You know, it's, it's been, it's been tough for me because I'm not always someone that wants to, um, I appreciate feedback and like, uh, what's the, like the five languages, five languages of love, like affirmation, like affirmation is one of mine. So like, I, I need to hear like, you've done a good job or that yeah. was a good job. Like that, that feeds my, I'm an my affirmation soul. person too. Yeah. yeah. Like it, I just like, even if someone, if I do something and someone doesn't say good job, I'm not heartbroken, but I'm like, was that good? Like, is that okay? Like, it's more like a check for myself. Um, but you know, what's really interesting is I like across all the social media platforms, uh, Instagram in particularly, like I was always trying to, um, create a personal brand for myself as, uh, back when I was into fitness, I tried it. And then I tried like the motherhood thing. And neither of them really like sparked me, like got me excited or like, I never really thought of what to say. And then over the past year and a half that shortly after the penny for your, your, or yes, we sell MPS penny for your thoughts started. I was like, LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is like professional conversation, business conversation, business acumen. That's actually my skill set. Like not that being a mom isn't or working out isn't, but that's not what I'm passionate about. Like I'm passionate about career development. I'm passionate about thought leadership. I'm passionate about leadership in general and transformational change in organizations in this time in our world in particular. And so finding the right platform for your personal brand is definitely important. Like you have to go somewhere where your audience is. Absolutely. Um, I was trying to convince myself that my audience was on in Instagram and honestly, Instagram isn't even on my phone anymore. Right. So um, I literally only, we got rid of all of our social medias, Facebook, LinkedIn or not LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Literally the only one I have is LinkedIn because yeah. I, I truly believe in all of those things that you mentioned. And I think it's the best platform for career development for all of those things that you mentioned. Yeah. So uh, that's step number one of building a personal brand. And then it, you know, back to what I was saying before, you just got to do it, like figure out something you want to say, like, and now it's almost, you know, a year and a half in, I look all around me and can always find like, oh, this could be a LinkedIn post or, or I, this is a lesson that I learned. Or this is like a, yesterday I was talking to my business partner for Microsoft and she said, it's tactical Tuesday. And I was like, oh my God, that is like liquid gold for LinkedIn. Yep. Um, so it, it's with same thing with personal branding, lean into it, like just do it, just post something, just find something to say. Um, and, and respond to your community, like try to build a community, try to reach out to people that are like you or in your industry or that you want to learn from. Cause truth be told, Tyler, like the people that I'm speaking to on LinkedIn, um, is completely different than the people I'm learning from right. on LinkedIn. So it's a, it's a feed in feed out, um, sort of, uh, opportunity. And I think you have to sort of approach it like that. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that the main thing that, that I've been focusing on too, is just, just being myself. Because, yes. you know, when, when you do that and you also, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like the law of attraction, you know, when, when you start putting certain things out, 
other people that are similar to you. And I've only noticed that really recently with, with some of the other mentors that I've have of, you know, interacting with them on their LinkedIn or having them on the show. Um, guys like Larry Long Jr., who, who I respect like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've listened to his, his podcast yeah. or follow him, but he's, he's incredible. Um, so, you know, people like that, when you start hanging around those type of people, their crowds also start hanging around you too. So you learn from these people, you know, it, it's cool to, to get messages saying, you know, Hey, I, I want to follow leaders like yourself and, and Larry and, and whoever it's like, who me, you know? Yeah, so, right. so, it's, so it's cool that to, to start getting into that. This has been incredible. I have a couple quick rapid fire ish questions that I want to ask just a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, first one, you mentioned that you're, uh, you're a parent and, uh, our son is, uh, is going to be one soon. What's your best piece of parenting advice? Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, cause I'll, I'll say sometimes, you know, leaning into who I am, um, being a business professional comes a heck of a lot easier than being a mom, um, to me. And I think one of the biggest things, especially in a COVID era, um, you have to figure out a way to disconnect. Um, like I have found myself so many times, like giving her a bath and I'm on my phone or making her dinner and I'm still working on my email. Um, and I, I constantly am trying to like remind myself that I don't ever want her to think that I'm prioritizing like my work when it's her time. Um, so really creating boundaries, uh, as a parent uh, with all the other aspects of your life, I think is super important. And I'm not great at it yet. It's learning. I'm, I'm almost four years into it and I'm, I'm still finding myself not creating those very clear boundaries. Um, but I think that that is like numero uno, if you want your kids to uh, respect you (laughs) and you want to make sure that you're giving them the time and attention that they deserve. Like if work has me for nine hours a day, I should be able to give her an hour between dinner and bedtime. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think everybody struggles with that here and there. So, so that's definitely something that is is a great, great piece of advice that everybody needs to just, you know, if you have kids or even if you don't have kids, if you're hanging out with your girlfriend, your wife, whoever, give the people the time that you're you're working so that you can enjoy that time. So we have to remind ourselves of that too. So thanks for for that reminder. Um, If you were teaching a college course based on your previous experience, what would you teach and, and why? Uh, create the job you love. Uh, that, that would be the course that I would create. Um, and you know, as we talked through my whole history, um, I've had a a lot of different jobs. Um, usually my tenure was about two years at a job and then I would leave. Uh, and I found things in those jobs that I love to do, but nothing that I leaned into enough. Um, and when I came to connection, I decided that this was going to be my home for a while. So I needed to lean into what I loved and keep doing it. And I I think that that is a skill that can be taught. Like you're not going to find the job that you love. You can create the job that you love though. And it doesn't mean that you have to be an entrepreneur. doesn't mean that you have to run your own business. I think you, if you can find a good company, you can find good managers to work for, you have good peers and you can sort of look at the opportunities around you and say, okay, I could make a difference there. I can make a difference there. Um, I think that our workforce would be a lot happier um, because I think we're all sort of, you know, seeking something that we think is out there for in terms of like the perfect job or the job that's going to check all the boxes for me, but you're not going to be able to check all the boxes. If you yourself can't, you know, wrap your head around how you can create 
an opportunity with what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, that's you, growth. And you, yeah, and you never know who you're going to be affecting. You never know right. what's going to resonate with somebody if somebody's going through a bad day or a tough day, which everybody is mm-hmm. um, some days. Um, so, I mean, that that's so important. Penny, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, where can people learn about you, what you're doing? And, and, you know, of course, besides LinkedIn, where else can people find you? Uh, they can, uh, I mean, really on LinkedIn, that really is the best place to find me. You can also find me on Teams. So uh, we are openly federated on Microsoft Teams. So if you use penny.connection, uh, no, penny.conway at connection.com. I love my job so much. It's my last name. Um, yeah, penny.conway at connection.com. You can find me on Teams. Um, I am always open to chatting, to networking, um, and uh, LinkedIn. So those are the, the two best places to find me. Very good. Thank you so much, Penny. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tyler. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you guys all got as much out of it as I did. If you enjoyed the show, please share it along with your friends as that's the best way that we can spread all this incredible information from our guests. If you'd leave a review of the show on Apple or Spotify, it would mean the absolute world to me. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers. Until next time, cheers.